Welcome to Inside the Upside Down on the Mike Ricksecker audio journey on MikeRicksecker.com. Welcome to Inside the Upside Down, a little unorthodox here. Um, Shauna's sharing it out. <laughs> so, just trying. Um, a bit of a technical difficulty tonight, so we apologize for all that. But here we are, finally live. And really do want to thank Shauna. For, she's the one that said, hey, let's go live tonight. So, you know, we, we attempted that on uh, YouTube. Of course, we had some issues there, I think, just with the bigger video channel. And, of course, it's going out to Periscope as well and all that crazy stuff that we were just having some issues there. And, well, now here we are on Facebook. We'll upload it to YouTube later. <laughs> so welcome to Inside the Upside Down. We're going to be talking about proving the paranormal tonight. Uh, but we do want to thank everybody for all the support with Shauna and her surgery. She got out of surgery last night, was released from the hospital this morning. And I know people are very curious as to you know how you're doing. So I want to just cover that real quick, and then we'll get into our topic for the evening. Yeah. Um Pretty much, it was just some random out of the blue, my gallbladder hates me, uh, no heads up or anything. I was just fine, and then all of a sudden, I'm on my way to the ER, and um, they took my gallbladder out, so um, it, I guess at a good time, because if I would have let it go any further, um, probably worse stuff could have happened. So yeah. um, I'm here, and you know, little bit of pain but nothing too terrible and I figure what better way to take my mind off of the pain than this so she's a real trooper I'm telling you <laughs> she's a tough one so um, yeah uh, Jesse my cousin Jesse saying glad your surgery went well and that you're doing better thank you um, Rebecca Gardner glad to see Shauna's doing well um, people are sharing stuff Bree Jones hi guys good to see you Shauna Georgia in there yet? Uh, I think so. So, all right, everybody. Well, thank you for joining us. Really do appreciate that. Um, so, thank you for sharing the event and all of that. I know Sean is working on that too. So, because we're doing this a little bit differently tonight. So, we're also doing it from Shauna's living room, which is a little <laughs> bit different. So, uh, we don't have the colored lights and all that stuff going on. Um, at because I was in a rush just to get out here because of her uh, surgery, and I didn't know what, if anything, we may be doing. Um, yeah, you can see she still hurts. It hurts um, to move around a little bit. Yeah, I just I was just grabbing stuff uh, to go, and so I, I had the regular lights, but I didn't bring the colored lights. I didn't bring the little box to hook up the regular camera, so this is off the webcam, so just very, very unorthodox tonight. And then just the fact that we're... You're going to eventually upload this to YouTube rather than just straight live broadcast on YouTube. So definitely very different tonight. So uh, really appreciate all of you. So proving the paranormal. So I came up with this as a uh, inside the upside down topic. Um, you know, kind of, It was kind of meant to follow up on the whole mirror thing because we we're going to be talking mirrors and inside the rabbit hole, which we still will do. You know, it's type of, you know, portal, supernatural activity, all of that. And then because a lot of that, you know, talking portals you're talking a lot of different theories you know how do you as an investigator prove these things in the paranormal so it's I always like to say 
and I think you agree with me that uh, what we're dealing with here are all theories that in order to quote unquote prove, there's not really a way to do it. You know, people talk about there being a scientific, uh, scientific method, using scientific equipment, all that with the paranormal, you know, we use scientific means or a scientific, you know, paranormal group. Well, that's fantastic. That means we, we're using a lot more, you know, equipment, gadgets, all of that. Um, but there's not a controlled experiment with the, you know, when we're investing in the paranormal because you can't make it happen on demand. There's no control object in there that works consistently. And so I, it's very difficult really to quote unquote prove the paranormal. And so, and, and we will take, you know, all kinds of Q and A and stuff in the, in the chat. So, um, yeah, Michelle Taylor, aren't you supposed to be resting? You just had major surgery. Well, I, technically I am resting. Um, I've discovered that it doesn't feel so good to get up and down and to lift tiny things even. So um, as long as I'm still, I'm not doing too bad. No. It doesn't hurt to talk, really. So um, we figured we'd give this a shot and see how long I can hang. Yeah, and there's a lot of well wishes for you. Um, uh, Amanda Donaldson, Katie Hopkins, um, Carrie Parrish parted uh, company with his gallbladder back in 1995. Uh, Patricia Bocamp, positive healing. So you have a lot of well wishes. There's yeah, I've Dan Class in there. I've seen a lot of people um, talking about you know their gallbladders being history and you know being better for it. Um, I didn't even really know I had any problems. You know, I've, I've never had any any kind of you know pain related to it or a heads up. So it was just out of the blue. Um, you know, I look back over my diet and stuff like that, and and it's not that bad. So, you know, I really, really didn't. Who knows? All I know is that it's gone, and... Yeah, know. she actually does keep a really good diet, much better than mine. <laughs> Sean is usually on my case about my diet. And, in fact, what's really ironic, and I, and I know we'll get to the paranormal stuff here, um, but I know Shauna's gallbladder is going to be a, a topic here. Um, what's really ironic is that I have gallbladder issues. But I, um, in doing some, um, what's not the testing? I was trying to find the right word. Sorry, in doing some testing on my liver, they actually found that I have a very large uh, gallstone. That it's too big to fit into the duct, so I'm not going to have uh, the problem that Shauna had, where also I wake up. Or I guess you were actually awake at the time. I didn't even get to go to bed. Yeah, she didn't get to go night. to bed. So instead of having that moment where you know massive pain, unless I let it go way too long, um, mine's not gonna get stuck in the duct and have that. So it's just growing and growing and growing. At some point, I need to get it removed. So we'd already been looking at diets for me, <laughs> and then this happened to her. So, so now we get to diet together. We get to diet together. So um, I, just the irony of it all. <laughs> So, um, yeah, this is becoming the gallbladder episode. <laughs> the gallbladder inside, inside Shauna's gallbladder. Inside Shauna's gallbladder. Um, I have a picture of it on TV, but I'm not going to show anybody. So well, we don't, don't, we don't need to get it. Yet, I haven't looked at it yet. Yeah. We haven't actually been inside, but I'm going to later because I'm kind of curious to see what it yeah. looks like in there. I want to keep the stone with mine. I guess I want to keep the stone and kind of, you know, shake my fist at it. You, you little... He's going to name it. Yeah. I'm He's going to put it, it in a little jar and <laughs> sit it up, and it will be the motive for, you know, keeping a well-balanced 
Right. Ryan. So, gallbladders aside, <laughs> <laughs> um, the paranormal. So, you know, probably in see, I, that's why I said it doesn't scroll. <laughs> it gets to a point where it doesn't scroll, and then it just goes. So yeah. if we don't see anything. It's not because we're ignoring you. Right. It's not because we're ignoring yeah. you. This, this scroll, just whatever reason, when I go live, the scroll stops at some point. Um, so, yeah, it's probably not a very popular opinion that, you know, for for all that we do, we can't really, quote, unquote, prove that anything that we're capturing is, you know, actual proof of paranormal activity. It's kind of really a belief, you know. I think a lot of the locations that we go into, we already straight up believe they're haunted. You know, it's not, uh, some people accuse us of, um, this has happened before, of, well, you're just, you know, going in to say something's haunted. And, you know, it's not the case. You know, especially if, like, we go into a residence, you know, what we're trying to do is determine what is going on, not just to walk in and say, oh, yeah, it, it's haunted. Um you know, cause it might not be the case with them. You know, we'll, we'll debunk and try to figure out if, you know, this experience, this interaction is something that has a legitimate excuse to it or a legitimate, you know, reason behind it. So, you know, it's not really proving the paranormal. It's proving that there's something going on. It's proving that there's something that's not necessarily normal. You know, um, it's not, you know, just regular human interaction. It's something different than us. And so, you know, just based on our experiences and our beliefs, you know, we have, you know, we call it paranormal. It's activity. It's paranormal activity. But, you know, but there's still a lot of unanswered, you know, questions. And there's still a lot of activity, you know, that happens um, that can be explained away it's not paranormal so yeah the robert white is saying uh you try to find the cause and then help the residents if you can yeah you know um it's probably the one time where we do you know try to quote unquote prove whether or not something is you know really haunted or really paranormal um and what we're doing the tactic that we're taking is okay so you're hearing this bump in the wall you know is that you know is that something with the plumbing you know, is that, shoot, it could be a mouse, you know, there, it could be the house settling. So there's a lot of different things that we're looking into to see, okay, why is that happening? Um, a, a door closes on a, on its own, you know, is that, you know, something to do with a draft? Is it something to do with you uh, step on a certain floorboard a certain way and then all of a sudden, boom, it, it makes a thing move? Um, so there's a lot of different things that we'll take a look into. So, but you know, some of the historic locations, like you know, we go to Mineral Springs, and there's just you know, we're not looking to prove that it's haunted. It's just we already know it is. Yeah, there, there's, you know, there's sometimes we'll be like, well, we heard that, but you know, it's a big like, There's other stuff going on, so there's a lot of there's some stuff that we'll be like, well, we're not really sure. And then there's other things that we'll be like, no, that definitely, you know, there's something going on, you know, downstairs, you know, especially if it's still during business hours. You know, and plus, you know, people live in there. But, like, if you're down in the very bottom or if you're, you know, there are certain spots in there where you just know, you know. 
um, you can you can explain away so many things, but then you know there's still a lot of things that that you know there's something going on there. Yeah, yeah. especially if you see something, you know, or if you hear someone like there, you can tell it's not coming from you know the next floor or downstairs. It's in the room with you, you know. Um, that kind of stuff is different, you know. Yeah, Rebecca Gardner saying, Sally, um, until science chooses to recognize this field, it's always going to be considered a hobby. And yeah, I, I guess that's true. They might consider it a hobby. And, you know, really trying to, uh, trying to apply the scientific method to what we do is just very, very difficult. And that's their perspective. So they're kind of caught in their whole regime of, you know, this is the way things are to be done. And, you know, unfortunately, in that world, they do get kind of caught up in that sort of thing. Just like with archaeologists, they'll get caught up in what they believe is already established information. And, you know, that's not always the case. Like, um, you take some Egyptian history, for instance, and, you know, they kind of have set a timeline set, boom, 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 this is the way things happened until something comes along that flies in the face of it. And instead of reevaluating, like, well, maybe this is new information that actually our timeline is off because there are like dark periods in Egyptian history that they just don't really know what happened. They can't account for it. And instead of considering that maybe their timeline is off, they try to take this certain thing that they've discovered and try to force it into that timeline instead of just thinking, hey, maybe it's not exactly as we thought it to begin with. You know, and so we deal with that issue, you know, here with, with the paranormal where, yeah, it's, it's not something you can really uh, apply the scientific method to. And so, you know, we're, you know, kind of stuck here trying to deal with these people that are trying to, well, they're not even trying to cram it into there. They're just like, fuck, it's not real. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but as what, soon as people like that, you know, realize that, you know, it to each their own, you know, yeah. we're all entitled to believe what we want to believe. And some people just believe and it's just their beliefs and nobody else's is right. Everybody else is wrong, you know, and, and that's fine. They're the ones that's, that's them, you know, but then there's, you know, people that want to, you know, that are open to that thought, you know, that it's, there's a chance, there's always a chance, but then that's what research is for and experimenting exactly. and you know being open-minded to other paths and you can't just stay on one path and not be open to others yeah. you're not going to learn anything that way yeah and besides you know we're not saying it's aliens <laughs> <laughs> but it's aliens <laughs> um so questions in the chat and comments and thank you for your neighbor um Lee says it, it was the corn dog about your. Oh my gosh! Oh, Lee, I, and I cannot have any more corn dogs. Yeah. So you'll have to eat it for me. <laughs> um, Carrie's asking why we weren't on YouTube. Uh, oh, okay. Donna says YouTube wasn't cooperating. Yeah, it was more of because this is set up to stream both YouTube, Periscope, all that stuff at the same time. It's a much bigger video platform or Facebook and. Shauna has issues with her frontier. Yeah. Okay. Here we go again. 
I know it's a little frustrating just dealing with the technical issues. So Sean is going to share it back out. Hopefully this won't disconnect again. So I really appreciate uh, you guys being patient with us as we try to, <laughs> as we keep trying to make this happen. Uh, hey, yeah, there's Georgia. There's, there's Tammy, Katie, Patricia. Okay. Donna, Rebecca, everybody. Okay, cool. Tom McNicholas. Awesome. So, all right. Well, appreciate you guys coming back <laughs> and continuing to do this with us. Hi. So, yeah, I saw the comments in there about, um, and we were trying to address that as we disconnected. Uh, the comments that were in there, like Katie was saying, that um, it's great that there are some colleges now that are offering um, paranormal and parapsychology courses, uh, things like that, and give students a, another, uh, you know, alternative to to their studies. Um, and there's somebody else that was in there talking about, you know, creating a, you know, a university for, you know, the paranormal. Um, and, and that's fine. I guess one of the issues that I have is there are some places out there that are like trying to offer PhDs in parapsychology. And like, I knew a guy that was running around in a, uh, in a white lab coat because he had a quote unquote PhD in parapsychology. And, um, you, you kind of lost me at that point. Um, you know, because again, you know, I, I personally don't believe that there's really a way to prove, to just absolute, without a doubt, prove the paranormal, even though I, I, I deal with it all the time. And like I said, I don't think it's a popular opinion. Um, you know, you know, we work with the paranormal all the time. We're investigating all the time. But to actually prove beyond a shadow of a doubt, that's a ghost. And there are spirits in this room right now all around us that we can't see. Try to prove that, you know. Um, and, I, and I do believe that there is a world around us that we just can't see. That, you know, that there's spirits all over the place that we just don't even have any idea that are standing there. Um, to try to prove that I don't think is really possible, nor do I really think it's necessary. You know, um, I think it comes more down to just a a belief thing, you know, um, all of the things that we do with, you know, the investigations and the gadgets and the gizmos and all that, you know, I think they, yeah, they try to prove that there's some sort of activity going on, that there's something a little different that's here. Um, and I think they help us to tell the story of what's happening there, whether it's uh, mineral springs that there's, um, the stories of Pearl and, you know, the little girl and even the, you know, Mr. Mr. Grabby or whatever we mm -hmm. call him. Um, you know, there, there's a story there. Um, when it comes down to somebody's residence, you know, you want to be able to see if there's something abnormal going on that, you, you know, can this be, um, is this something with the structure? Is this something with the plumbing, whatever, or is it something else? So I don't know. I, yeah, I think, and, Unless it's just blatant in your face, you know, you know, um, human, you know, or apparition, a shadow, or something comes up to you or interacts with you, because, you know, an apparition could show up and not even, it can't interact with you. Technically, you know, that's as we've said before, it's just just energy. It's just there. You know, I put more faith in the things that I can interact with. You know, even then, you can't say 100% for sure what that is. 
but um, if I can see it and it can see me, if there's intelligence in its gaze, if it's interacting directly with me, you know, just for my personal opinion, I'm going to say that, you know, that's paranormal activity. You know, I saw proof with my own eyes and I interacted with it. But um, doesn't do me any good if I can't catch it on video to show it to other people, <laughs> which, yeah. you know, then at that point, it's just people either believe me or they don't. Yeah. And um, your guys' comments are, are interesting. Uh, Katie, the, the lab coat was a bit much. I know. <laughs> it was definitely much. Uh, Donald Gordon, considering science hasn't yet pierced the veil of the other side, then how can they require proving it? Yeah, that's a great point. Um, and they haven't gotten to the other side. They, they haven't been able to prove that there is an afterlife, um, let alone paranormal activity. So um, it, it really comes down to belief. And I think it, um, Robert White, when science runs off belief, then it will be able to. And that's kind of the thing is that it, it comes back down to, you know, that difference between science and religion. And, you know, believing the paranormal isn't really a religion, but it is a belief. And, you know, science has always been, you need this, you need this, you need this. And, you know, I, I've always thought, you know, from my own, from my own personal viewpoint is that they should learn to work together. Um, I think that you can use science to, you know, prove belief. Um, or at least show that it, it may exist. Um, you know, and, and some people out there do try to do that. Uh, there's a lot of scientists that are just like, no, <laughs> it doesn't. Um, you know, it's, it's one of those real, you know, touchy gray areas. Um, and so that's, and I think that's where the paranormal field is at. And you have a lot of, I, I think there's a lot of people within the field that either, they're still either want to be one side or the other. Like, you know, we're only going to use, you know, the gadgets and try to prove everything quote unquote scientifically. And there's others that are like, well, we're only going to use the belief side of it. Um, and it's just, you know, strictly going to be whatever we feel. And I think it just all goes hand in hand. And that's the difficulty is in trying to figure out how those two areas cohesively come together. So... Um, what else you guys got? So, Carrie's system crashed, okay. <laughs> um, Bree Jones, I think maybe some people are just so pig-headed that spirits just don't want to communicate with them anyway. Well, yeah. <laughs> That's, I think that happens a lot, you know, when we get people insisting that you talk into the red light. You know, or they're not going to believe that a spirit is there unless all the lights on the meter light up. You know, and I, I think that just comes with not really understanding how that other side works. And I, you know, I don't claim to have all the answers, but I do believe that, you know, I, I don't know how it all works. And I don't think that any one of us really do know how it works. I think it's all theories. Um, you know, we were talking, you know, the other week about the differences between, um, or, or, you know, like what a poltergeist is, what a ghost is, what a, you know, what a spirit is. And, Again, probably not a very um, <laughs> popular viewpoint, but when people talk about things like, well, spirits are uh, people that have crossed over the other side and come back while a ghost is earthbound and has never crossed over, prove to me that there is a crossing over. I, I you know, wh where do we get that from? <laughs> so, um, 
you know, and that's just people that are like on the belief side of it, you know, and it's like, and I'm more on that side, but you know, again, it's like, where's the whole crossing over thing come from? So, um, yeah, Tom, when I die, I'll come back and tell you all about the other side. Okay. That's what I, that's, you know, <laughs> that's sort of, that's the understood, um, the rule with anybody, everybody that I know, it's like, look, you, if you die, you know, you know that, you know that I do this, you know, so that's just the agreement that we're going to try to get out as much as we can, you know, before they put the lockdown on it, because I think that's what happens. Um, I think you maybe, you know, when you, wherever you go, you know, you might retain, you know, some knowledge of yourself, but I, I don't know if, I think they just have rules, you know, just like there are certain things that, you know, we're not supposed to do, you know, like laws and stuff. I think that they have that too. And I think um, maybe there's some sort of punishment for it. Who knows? I don't yeah. know. And there's yeah. only one way to find out and I'm not going to do that yet. So, right. Yeah. We've talked about that before. Like, you know, is there a rule set that they have to follow and they are not allowed to tell us? We don't know, you know, or is it just not necessarily a rule set? Maybe they get, you know, they get into that afterlife and they're like, oh, that's why we're not supposed to say anything. Because, yeah, how many people have we known that have been involved with the paranormal that have, that have, um, that have passed away? And yet we see and hear from uh, loved ones and people from the other side off and on. So you would think one of them would say, hey, this is the way it is. And we ask those questions all the time of, you know, what is it, what is the afterlife? What is it like over there? Um, you know, how do you see us? You know, all those different things. We might get a little information about who they are, how old they are, where they're from, you know, things about their life. But when it comes to that other side, we don't get that. Um, Jesse Limecooler from Belvoir Winery is congratulating us on the ultimate event. Thank you, Jesse. You should come on down. Yes. <laughs> um, and we should set up something at Belvoir, too. So we definitely love to do something at Belvoir sometime. You haven't been yet. I've never been. I don't get out much. Yeah. Um, Tom McNicholas, Sean, just call out to me after I pass. <laughs> don't want to just pop in and may bother you, Mike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. Nice. You know, just give a little, you know, knock. And, you know, of course, dreams are, I interact with, you know, and dreams also. You know, I consider those visits. Um, maybe they don't yeah. feel comfortable, you know, visiting me in my home. So they, you know, come in a dream. You know, I think those are visits too. So you're welcome to do that also. <laughs> uh, Katie Hopkins also could be the time period they were from. For example, Victorian children were uh, meant to be heard, not seen. I think that's the other way around, seen, not heard. <laughs> so it would be in their customs to not communicate with us. Um, yeah. And, uh, you know, there's a couple things in there. You know, one, are we just seeing, you know, glimpses of the past? Are we interacting with somebody that is actually currently living in that time frame? We've talked about it before in the you know, time of dimensions inside the upside down that maybe everything's happening concurrently at the same time. So when we're interacting with the spirit, it's somebody that's actually, you know, living at that, at that time period. And we were actually seeing, a, you know, the past play out or interacting with somebody that's in our, what, is wrapped around our head, the past. Um, 
so there's that. Or um, you talk about customs at the time, and I've brought it up before, where you know we're, we're trying to tell these different people to use and interact with this different equipment. You know, talking to the red light, or you know, make this thing light up, and they're looking at that. You know, they're from 1700s or you know even further back. They're looking at that thing lighting up. They have no idea what that is. They've never seen something work and operate like that before. Um, they could be thinking it's magic, it's witchcraft, it's it's from Satan. You know, <laughs> anything like that could just really, really spook them. You know, any sort of quote unquote like magical thing. A lot of different customs were it would be from Satan, and they're gonna it's gonna scare them. So there's a lot of that that I think a lot of people don't take into account. No, but that's why you explain. You have to explain yourself. You have to assume, you know. And there's going to be others. We go to the same places a lot that they're going to know who we are and what it is that we're doing. And then so we just like you know you guys already know what this is, but. For anybody who's listening that doesn't know what it is, you know, this is what this is, this is what it does, this is why. Um, and as for, you know, considering the different um, periods of time, you know, like, especially with children, you know, I've always tried to be mindful of the fact if I've realized that, you know, what time I'm dealing with, um, I'll ask, you know, permission to whoever you know, whoever's there, you know, could we please, you know, do you mind if we talk to this child? You know, don't want anybody to get in trouble. Just, you know, we just really, really want to talk. And, you know, and then sometimes it happens, you know, sometimes it doesn't. It, it just, you have to treat them like people because they're still people. Yeah. You know? Yeah, and I think that's something that, a lot of people don't remember is that they are still people. And a lot of times when we, when people investigate these locations, they treat them like guinea pigs. You know, they're trying to make them do parlor tricks, you know, just to get a piece of evidence. They're more concerned with themselves and more concerned with what they can capture. And instead, you know, uh, if it were me and I was on the receiving end of this stuff and someone was like, was like, well, they don't give a crap about me. Why am I even bothering? I would exit the facility effective immediately. Or I'd make all their stuff turn off, you know. I mean, something. I would do something. But, you know, I would be, you know, horribly offended if someone approached me like that. So, yeah. Yeah, I think, unfortunately, there's a lot of people out there. There's too much in the evidence collection. And look at, look at what we captured. And if you look at a lot of our, a lot of our videos, there's some where we don't capture much at all. We might get, you know, an EVP here or there, you know. Um you know, we might hear some noises that may or may not get captured on the, on the video or the audio. Um, and we have some other ones that are absolutely fantastic where, where we are getting some, but some of them we don't. And, you know, I mean, there's people out there that brag, well, you know, by my methods, I'm able to get, you know, a lot of, you know, activity and I'm able to, you know, capture all this evidence. Okay, great. You know, it's, it's not why I'm there. I'm not there to collect EVPs. I'm not there to you know, necessarily get something on camera. It, it would be fantastic. Yes. It's absolutely fantastic when we do. Um, I'm more concerned about telling the story of who's there. You know, if it's, if it's a child, if it's, you know, you know, somebody who met a tragic end, you know, why, why did those things happen? Um, a lot of these people have been forgotten to time. You know, what are, 
what things happened in the building. There's there's so many stories that are, are trapped within these locations over, you know, the the decades or hundreds of years or you know however long it is, you know, depending on the location that um, it never got passed on, and so these people become forgotten. And I think you know, part of the, what we're supposed to be doing is our knowledge that we have, the, the things that we've learned, the stories that um, we take with us, I think we're supposed to pass on. And for a lot of these uh, spirits, a lot of these entities, a lot of these ghosts, whatever you want to call them, um, their stories got forgotten. And I think part of what we're doing is going back and, and recapturing those stories. It's not just about us. At this point, you know, it's not about us. Um you know, we might be the ones doing the research and we might be, but, you know, that's just one part of a bigger picture. You know, um, if I could, you know, help somebody, you know, be remembered and tell the right story and give the yeah. facts, you know, whatever you can find, you know, don't just, don't, don't just make stuff up, you know, and be like, oh, just, you know, yeah, this, you know, person did that. That's, you know, urban urban legends are cool and all. You know, it makes for good story time. Uh, but, you know, find the facts. Find the truth. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, why even bother? You're in it. You're not looking for the truth. And that is always going to be my opinion. Absolutely. Rebecca Gardner saying residual and intelligent spirits are so different in communication. True. Because, um, yeah, residual is just, it's a playback. So you're not really communicating you're observing um let's see what else do we have uh katie's saying i swear it's monday <laughs> feels <laughs> like it um sorry just looking for questions that you guys may be having um michelle is this live now yes it is live now um Rebecca Gardner, people need to be respectful, but those that aren't being respectful in life certainly are going to be respectful to the deceased. Uh, well, yeah, and that's something is when we talk about some of the spirits that we inter interact with, yeah, there are some, this kind of comes into the demon thing. You know, a lot of people will be like, oh, I got a demon in my house because, you know, maybe something flew across the room or, you know, something was mean to them or what have you. And it's just because it's a mean spirit doesn't mean it's a demon. Uh, it's just very likely is you have a human spirit in your house that they were a jerk in life and uh, they're a jerk in death. So um, we we deal with that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I can't really say, you know, I've been pretty uncomfortable um, with some human spirits, you know, in my time, but I, I would like to think that, you know, my little, you know, my little voice would tell me, you know, something would tell me, you know, that this, this is not something human that I'm dealing with. And I, um, I, I've never really, I've never really had that, you know? So, and, and I've been, you know, spooked out of some, you know, places in my time, you know, but it's just, um, sometimes the energy is just a little bit too much. And then, you know, other times it's just too much going on all at one time. It's just overwhelming. That doesn't mean, um, you know, that I'm dealing with a demon or anything. This ain't TV. <laughs> yeah, TV is all, all has to be demons now on TV. Um, yeah, so, you know, prove that it's a demon, right? Um, when we did the uh, case in Edmond, Oklahoma, that was on The Haunted, um, you know, it was a mean, nasty, malicious spirit. You know, it kept 
the way it kept um, messing with Talison and terrorizing her in her room, um, terrorizing the animals in the house. Our occult specialist at the time and Carl Johnson agreed that it was a quote-unquote wraith, which would be a human spirit that has become malevolent after death. But even then, you know, I would say prove to me that it's a wraith. You know, prove to me that, because the way I take that definition was that it was, I guess, a relatively decent human being that became, because it became malevolent after death. Well, <laughs> show me how it became malevolent after death. It could have been something that was mean, nasty, and malevolent in life, died, and then was still that way um, after death. I, you know, and that's a case that I worked on, you know, got on TV for and all that. Um, and I and I respect both uh, Chris and Carl, um, you know, so, but still it's like, how do we know this for a fact? Because I've actually been asked that question. How do you know it was a wraith? And it's like, those guys said so. But so, you know, so I, I mean, that's, and that's about all I had to go on. I didn't make that assessment. What I knew was that, you know, um, from what I could tell was that it, it was a human spirit and it was nasty. Um, I think sometimes we like to label things as humans. We like to compartmentalize and categorize and, you know, doing the, um, you know, even doing the, the book and everything that I've talked about with, with shadow people. It's like, you know, we like to kind of compartmentalize the different types of shadow people, you know, just to, because we like to do that as humans. We want to find a name for something. We want to organize stuff to kind of try to better understand you know, what things are. And so we assign names to things, you know? So, but was, is that really what it was? I don't know. She wasn't there for it, but you know. <laughs> yeah, I was, I wasn't there. I have no idea. Um, I can't prove anything that I wasn't there to experience on my own. And uh, that doesn't mean that if someone tells me, oh, something happened to me, you know, um, this is what happened. You know, I wasn't there, but that doesn't mean that I'm not going to take into consideration the fact that there's been stuff that's happened to me that nobody saw. You know, I know what happened to me, but I have no way to convey, you know, that if I couldn't capture it with something that can play it back, you mm -hmm. know, and so it all comes down to trust at that point. Um, so I, I have no reason, you know, not to believe, you know, anything that anybody tells me. You know, I can't say, you know, no, I don't believe that just because I know that I've been in the same situation on the other end. So, um, but there are some people that have proven themselves that I cannot believe anything that they say. You know, <laughs> um, if if you've said something to me and you've been caught in a lie, I will never believe you again. Unfortunately, something will happen to, you know, somebody and they'll be like, no, this really happens. I, I'm sorry, you know. Uh, lie to me once, and that's it. That's it. One strike, and you're out. Pretty much. Yeah. So, Michelle Nardone, is your place there haunted? No. No. Not where we're at. No, I've been in some places that are, um, and I've had um, activity that's been just personal to me. You know, not. It's kind of like. I, I don't. I don't have any activity going on in my house. Um, but that, there might be people that visit you from time to time. Yeah, but they don't visit other people, and they're not moving stuff, and they're not making noise right here. It's just personal, yeah, and, just to me. And they don't seem to hang around. No. Yeah. You know, for but, some reason, it's just. 
And that's kind of what I was talking about before, that there's a there's a world that we just don't see. So there may be people in and out all the time that we just don't know about. You know, we're, we're supposed to have spirit guides, right? And that's a common belief that we have spirit guides. Um, I've been told multiple times that I have 10 spirit guides. And so I... I tend to believe it because a couple things, more than one person, completely different people at completely different points in time, like years apart, um, have told me that. And the number 10 has kind of been prevalent in my life. So it's like, okay, that makes sense. Well, if that's true, um, the room would get really crowded really quick <laughs> if we could like see them. You know, I don't know if they're sitting up here on the couch, if they're over there, I, I don't know. Um, but if we could see that, it's okay. <laughs> you know, but again, how, how do we prove that? How, you know? my knowledge I've never met a single one of mine yeah you know they didn't identify themselves if I have and it's not someone that I've seen except for places that I go you know that are you know I've seen you know spirits repeatedly but they're it's relevant to the place that they're in mm -hmm. you know and they don't follow me so you know someday you know if I'm meant to meet my spirit guides I'll meet them I don't feel like I've done it yet yeah. some people say you see them when you astral project. So I don't know. Um, I've had one semi, semi, very semi uh, successful attempt at astral projection. And I wasn't necessarily trying to do that um, at that time. And my attempted ones since then haven't worked. So I don't know. Um, Denise Pridemore, thanks to television people believe that demons are common. Yeah. <laughs> and Kia says, I have a demon in my house. Two of them, actually. <laughs> One named Georgia and the other Charlie. <laughs> Cutest demons ever. Yeah. Um, Rebecca Gardner, falsifying evidence, history of a location, creating slash conjuring spirits in locations are highly unethical and shouldn't be promoted and supported, in my opinion. I agree with that opinion. Absolutely. Yep. Um, let's see. Yeah, and then Rebecca, uh, following up with the demon stuff, so it's usually an angry or irritable spirit, rarely demonic unless it's been called conjured at the location. Right, I agree with that as well. Um, yep, because something's malevolent does not make it demonic. Um, <laughs> Donna, on the show Supernatural, uh, all spirits become malevolent. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's not true. Um, Mark Higgins, hey Mike, how you been? It's been a while, hey Mark, uh, yeah, good to see you. It has been a while. Um, Okay, Tom McNicholas, do people think that just because a place is vacant, it's haunted? That's a good question. Um, because we do tend to like to go to abandoned locations. Um, I'll tell you why I like know? going to abandoned locations. It's because, especially if it's one that has no electricity, no nothing going on that can manipulate anything. Um, I kind of prefer abandoned places because it, they're quieter. You know, I think they're more, I think they're easier to open up to. Um, you know, I, I, there's less things to be like, well, I'm not really sure because, you know, people live here and then, you know, it could be this or it could be that. But there's all these other factors that could be causing the activity in question. But when you're in an abandoned place. Especially um, out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. Then, you know, and stuff is going on, you know, there's less things that it can be. So that's, yeah. and with abandoned places, you know, there's just that, you get it's, that. It's, it's, it's a cool factor, it is. 
I mean, you know, some of you know with the Bantam places, you know, you can just feel the age, you know, the mm -hmm. history in there. So. Well, yeah, that's like when I first walked on the goldenrod and, and walked into the lobby area. I could just like feel it all around me, just seeping out of the out of the building. So yeah, old old abandoned places like that, haunted maybe. Um, very cool historic vibe of you know historic energy that you can feel definitely. Um, and like Shauna says, you know, the quieter so you can hear things better. Um, if they have, usually abandoned places don't have electricity. So if you're getting things like you know, um, basement of the Great White House at uh, uh, the Hunter One Ranch, Ponca City, Oklahoma. Uh, out in the middle of nowhere, no electricity anywhere nearby. Um, and we're in that basement and getting hits on the K2. You know, is it paranormal? Maybe. <laughs> Seems responsive at times. So maybe. Again, doesn't prove that there's something paranormal there, but it does really make you wonder that, okay. You know, maybe there is something going on here because we shouldn't be getting any EMF down there at all. So that's one of those things that it's you, you chalk it up as, well, that's something out of the ordinary that has happened. Are there other things similarly out of the ordinary that are happening? You know, so then you try to get EVPs and things like that to try to build your case. Does it prove it? To some people, it would they would say, well, that, that works for me. For other people, it doesn't. So, um, let's see, Michelle Nardone. So she's following up on the, um, you know, whether or not this place is haunted. This is an interesting question. Would there be a little boy hanging around? Well, I've never physically seen him in the house, but he has visited me. Um, actually there's been a couple of them, um, that are attached, that seem to be attached to me, but not my home. Um, I, I don't know the history of where I live. I don't know the history of the land. I've never checked. Um, usually I do. I did. I didn't. Um, but yeah, I know there's at least a couple of little boys, you know, that I wouldn't say they hang around, but I, they know, they know how to find me. So, yep. Um, Kia, this is an interesting question from Kia. Is it possible it happened the opposite way? David's grandma was said to be a really awful, mean woman to everyone in death. She is very calm. Um, she paces like Shauna. No, I've ever said Shauna, India. I've heard a lot. My yeah. babies always giggled at one corner of what was her room. So they were mean when they were alive, but not. I'm going to, I'm going to say this. Um, you might have a, a viewpoint to follow up on since you might know a little bit more about this because uh, it is your friend. But um, for me, there is, I had three grandparents live into their 90s. I had one that died of cancer when my mom was 12 years old. And although, you know, her, her kids loved her because I've heard stories of how they loved her. Um, from many of the counts that I've heard that she was a, a mean woman, do not cross her because you will get the snot beat out of you. Um, I also heard things about, um, you know, alcoholism, things like that mixed into there. Um, but 
when she was dying of cancer, even though she had been very, very strict and relatively mean to the children, um, you know, even at five years old, better have that, you know, bed made room cleaned up. Or you're going to get an ass whooping. Um, when she had cancer, apparently it like right at the very end there, something just like clicked and it was like, Oh shit. Um, I've lived my whole life this way and now it's about to end. And so for those last couple months, um, I guess there are a number of letters that she wrote to to the children and her family um, before she passed away that was basically like very apologetic. And um, she wished that she had done things a different way in that, um, you know, she was sorry, you know. Um, and then when my mother was pregnant with me, this is another one that I think was a real visitation, although it was not my dream. Uh, my mother had many recurring dreams that, uh, her mother was appearing to her in her wheelchair that, that she had at the very end and was holding me as a baby. This was like when I was still in the womb um, and they didn't know it was going to be a boy, but there I was as a boy, you know, um, and she was already calling me Michael in the dream. Um, so, you know, I believe that was a real visitation there, but a very, you know, different kind of sweet uh, woman after the fact. So I, I think maybe for some, it does click like, oh shit, what did I do with my life? And like, change there at the end yeah i i i have experienced the pacing myself like this is the pacing in kios <laughs> yeah okay i've experienced that myself several times um you know there were there were times that you know something had definitely you know stopped you know um and i usually had my you know i had to get covered because i did i didn't want to you know, I didn't want to see that. So, um, and it would happen constantly. I mean, just consistent, just pacing, just back and forth, back and forth, back and forth. So, I mean, that would wear me out at my age, you know. So there, you know, been a couple of times where I've been like, just, shh, you know, just, I'm trying to sleep, you know. Um, but yeah, so I, I can vouch, I can vouch for that at least. Um, I don't, I didn't really, you know, know her. So, but you've heard the pacing. But I've heard okay. the pacing for sure. Yeah. Cool. Um, from Bree Jones, this is following up on the um, spirit guides. So we're a bit behind <laughs> where they are in the chat. I know. Sorry, but do we have a, a shenanigator? Donna's doing the shenanigating because she? okay. she's got the she's got the question up here from Tom McNicholas okay. about um, the vacant places being haunted. Um, so she's shenanigating. Yeah. Yeah. Thank I you, Donna. Can't even see that far away. <laughs> yeah. Um, Bree Jones says, Mike, you can talk to them right before you go to sleep. If there's anything you need help with or any questions for help from any positive energy, um, ask them to let you know who they are so you can thank them. Okay, cool. Well, if that really works, that'd be great. Mine aren't listening to me at all. So, yeah. So, Carrie, astral projection is easy. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Um, so, Bree, my guys show up in dreams when they uh, have really specific info. Cool. Um, can't believe they have the ability to change their personality after death. Okay, that's Rebecca on that. Um, and there's Donna shenanigating Kia's question. Mm -hmm. Um see what else um. <coughs> Donna 
find it interesting when uh, an EVP doesn't match up with any known incident at a location. I have a story about that one. Go for it. Yeah, at the cafe, um, you know, my group at that time and I um, had this file, a computer file, WTF file. Because we're like, <laughs> why is this even relevant to anything that's going on, you know? And um, if it was something that we knew we were going to have to follow up on, it went in there, you know. Um, we had asked for a name once, and it was usually pretty rare when we got one, but we got one. And they called themselves um, Ferdy and, you know, F-E-R-D-I-E. And we, you know, it wouldn't have been a very common name for the area. Um, and there was only so much, you know, at our disposal that we had to do research except for um, the mayor um, who kept newspaper clippings of just every event, you know, in the area, tragic or non-tragically. And um, we kind of decided to pick his brain for a little bit because he'd been around, you know, and he was there through all the different um, things that that building had been. And he was privy to a lot of the information about the many deaths and tragedies that happened in the area. And there had been a lot of them in that one spot, you know, which I believe is one of several reasons why it's as active as it is. Uh, but anyway, we had, we had told him about a recent um, EVP that we had captured. We had asked for a name, and they said Ferdy. And he says, so we played it, we played it for him, um, thinking that maybe it might, you know, be someone that he knew. We didn't even know what time we were dealing with, you know. Um, but... He dug through his stash and found a newspaper article, um, a clipping about a guy that had died and was drug into the back room of the building. And his name was Ferdinand. There you go. So, you know, we figure that Ferdy was short, you know, could have been short for Ferdinand. Um, and, you know, it, we took it out of the, the WTF file, you know, because now we had, now you, you know, something. an event, you know, to attach to it. Um, and he ended up, you know, giving us a little bit more information and stuff like that. So once we got a name, we ran with it. You know, uh, he learned our names, you know, and he was always asking for help, you know, back there. And, of course, you know, that's another sad thing, too. Yeah. It's like they're reliving, they're interacting with us, but they're reliving you know, it, it's kind of sad, you know, to make me wonder if they're being forced to, you know, relive that or remember it. Um, is that why they're asking for help? You know, and, you know, calling us out by name, you know, to ask for help. So, yeah, yeah that's sad. Yeah, but I would say on that, you know, the, the key is any known incident. I mean, at a location, especially like the FAA, it's been around how many years? There's no way to know all the incidents that have happened there. I mean, the, the little bit of history that you know about a location are just like snapshots in time. You know, and you know, even some of your bigger stories uh, of a location happened over, you know, maybe a day or two. And you don't even have every single incident that happened within that day. You know, so there's millions of interactions that happen at a location. You know, how many hundreds or thousands of people have passed through the doors, you know, so... You know, it just because you don't know that it's associated with 
anything there. It doesn't mean it's not. So uh, Maria Martin is sending you some love. Thanks, Maria. <laughs> um, all right. Per Tom McNicholas, does REM sleep open up psychic abilities? Um, I think that you're able to, I mean, I think we could visit it at night. Um, I think there's a part in our, whatever is in our psyche that might be closed off during the day that may open at night. Um, I know you get visited at night sometimes. Yeah. The majority of the time is at night. There's been a couple of times where it's happened while I was in the middle of doing stuff during the day. Um, but you know, I think some people, I think some people are able also, you know, to block it out, um, too. And I envy those people sometimes because, you know, at will, they're able to just be like, nope, you know, it's a, it's a work in progress here. So. Cool. Um, Reed Jones, um, to you, uh, darn guides. I don't know if family history makes any difference, but I'm part native Canadian and my life guide introduced himself in a dream when I was 12 years old. Hope you get to talk to yours one day. Uh, maybe you just haven't screwed up enough yet. <laughs> um, Michelle Nardone, I dream in color. Also have any of my senses. So all feels absolutely real. Um, even was in love during a dream when I woke up and just started crying. Um, interesting. So yeah, I, the whole thing about, you know, people are only supposed to dream in black and white is total bunk, total BS. I don't, I don't know why that was spread around like when we were kids that was a thing I, i've always dreamed in i've color. always dreamed in color and yeah. in, in animation i mean i've had it all <laughs> so i don't know i don't think i've ever had anything happen to me in black and white really um okay donna's saying that um at her historical society they got a couple times let them burn and help fire there's never a known fire on site or around the building um <clears throat> doesn't mean there wasn't one though you know it's yeah it's just sometimes things and i don't know how old that is you're in new york so it's probably a couple hundred years old um probably not all fires were reported or even if they were you know maybe it's still you know trapped there in history somewhere like when we were at the house in moberly they had no idea that there had been a fire there but there was evidence yeah well i had I'd found it like an old, old, um, I think it was a newspaper clipping, but the owners had no idea that there had been a fire there. Um, there was some evidence cause we saw it when we, when we looked in the walls, like, yeah, actually here's some charred boards here. Um, so yeah, I know that that is a record because it wasn't a newspaper, but you would have had to know to look for the newspaper. I was just searching on address, see if anything would come up. So, um, yeah, I mean, there may have been a fire there and just never reported, never made it into one of the annals or, you know, or maybe it is in there somewhere and just it hasn't been found yet. You know, that's, I think it's one of the wonderful things about the parable. So, um, you look like you're getting tired. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I think we'll just maybe a couple more minutes and then finish up. So, um, Brie always dreams in color. Um, Rebecca, I don't like to be in the research until after investigation because we want to get your own information first. Um, I actually prefer the opposite because I use the information as uh, as trigger objects. 
Yeah, and and also teach their own. Plus, I just I just prefer to know ahead of time. Yeah. Also, uh, the goldenrod would be a good example of why now I want to know the history before you know because you never know when it's going to be your last time in a place. Yeah, because that really annoyed the hell out of us that we had just found out about Charlie like that very last investigation, like probably toward the end of it, that we had just found out that that had been Charlie's back there, and it made stuff started clicking as to, oh, that's why we were getting this and getting that, and you know, it was going to be our um, next objective you know, for the our investigation after that was to follow up more specifically on Charlie up there, and we never had that opportunity. Yeah, I mean, at this point in my life, you know, I've stopped, I've stopped um, worrying about, you know, oh, I want to fly blind because, you know, I want to know if I'm right. Um, I don't even worry about that anymore. I'm not trying to justify myself to anybody. It's, I'm, it's not about me, you know, it's about them. So if I can, if I know the history and I have their names or I have any, you know, events or anything that happened in their life, you know, um, I'm more concerned about getting them to talk to me, not me talking to them. So if I can use something as a trigger and they interact with me in an intelligent manner, you know, where I can now say, you know, yes, this isn't just some energy just attached to the building. It's an actual person that's interacting with me. So, you know, that is why, you know, I lost the, you know, I don't, I don't want to fly blind anymore. Yeah. You know, that's, it's a waste of time. Um, and I'm not, I don't mean that. I just said that. I am so sorry. That's not out, what I meant. That did come out a little bad. That's, that's not what I meant. I mean, it's a waste of time for me personally for what I want to do with this. Yeah. I mean, to me, to each their own, you know, their, their investigative techniques. I totally understand it for psychics, you know. It's nice to know that, you know, I will say this, a reason that, you know, for your own personal well-being to make, you know, so that you can make sure it's like, hey, I'm not just making this stuff up. It's not just me. You know, this is actually stuff that's coming, you know, to me. So then if you um, go in not knowing the history and then you research and you find out, oh, hey, I was right, you know, um, yeah, I can see that. It kind of gives you a little peace of mind. It's like, you know, it's not just my brain creating this stuff. This is stuff that's actually coming to me. And I don't, I've done that, you know, and I've been there. But, you know, like I said, with the boat, you know, showing me that, you know, not everywhere that we love is safe. Um, I have now, you know, not even worried about, I, I, I want to know who I'm talking to and I want to get to know them and what happened to them and um, about the venue. I want to know before I go in because if there's a chance that I can get them to come out to reach out to me, then I'm going to go for it. Yeah. Um, yeah, and, and again, I mean, to each their own, but you know, for me, I kind of view it as if I don't have any information going in, I use it as a trigger object. Um, I know some people get concerned about you know being pigeonholed into certain you know locations at a venue, um, but I kind of look at it as have any information going in, then you're basically like a salesman at the door. That knock knock knock. I have no idea who you are, but buy what I'm selling. Um, where if I go in knowing information about the venue, about the people there, like knock, knock, knock. Oh, hey, you know, I, you know, I know who you are. Um, you know, here's some things that I've done. I've taken the time and, you know, given the courtesy to, you know, come to understand who you are. Um, 
let's start to build a rapport. So I think it it gives you that foot in the door um, rather than kind of standing out there on the on the porch. So um, you know, I've had and I use this one as an example for this all the time. Is we were at a old World War II hangar. We were in an airplane that was used during the war, and we were trying to do an EVP session. We're getting no interaction, no interaction, no nothing, nothing on EVP. We've got the K2 sitting there, um, you know, to no, nothing at all. So we were about getting close to give up, and um, so it just kind of dawned on me, like it's a World War II airplane. I was in the Air Force. So let me throw my little bit of knowledge out there of, you know, hey, I was in the, Air, in the Air Force. I know they came out of the old Army Air Corps. You would have flown for the old Army Air Corps. So I threw a little bit of World War II history at it. Um, and then all of a sudden, boom, 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 we started getting some interactions. And uh, through a little bit of questioning, came to discover that it was a navigator, which if we had just sat there and kept saying, hey, who are you? Who's in here? Da, 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 da. We weren't going to get that. I had to actually throw some knowledge of the location and the times, you know, in the history of the airplane, you know, at who may have been in there. So, um, all right. <laughs> what else do we have? Um, so Donna's building that she's talking about uh, with the with the fire EVPs. Um, the building is 260 years old. So, yeah, at any point in time, I mean, they could have a just a fire on the stove, you know, <laughs> who knows? Um, that was never reported. No idea. Um, um, the land historians didn't know of any fire. Okay. Well, it, it could have happened. It, it very well could have been a, it could have been something that wasn't documented or it could have been something that happened before documentation was a thing. I mean, it could be going way back. Yeah, I mean, if you're talking, if the building's 260 years old and there's just a fire on the stove or whatever, and I don't know what, I mean, you could have, you know, back then you could have a fire in a fireplace and an ember comes flying out and lights a rug on fire. And they're like, fire, fire, you know, try to put the thing out. Um, there's, I mean, they might have, they might have had a volunteer fire department 260 years ago, probably not. Um, but they would have had local people try to, you know, get the pails of water. Um, so they could have just like put it, put out a carpet fire, you know, real quick. What about the building that was there before that? Maybe it wasn't even that building. Maybe it was one before. I mean, who knows how far, you know, yeah. it's a, like a good example would be the grade school, you know, there, you know, where we were hearing footsteps on a second floor, there was no second floor. We never, we were never able to trace you know, a building back on that particular property on that section, you know, where that building was setting, you know, we were never able to find anything with a second floor. So, you know, we surmised that either it was coming from the building adjacent to it, or there was something there before, and it just wasn't documented. It was before um, time where they documented stuff like that. So, um, it Rebecca Gardner saying, uh, from the stuff that we were saying about research, uh, it makes sense. I usually have my son get some research prior to investigation. Excuse me, that was my stomach. <laughs> mm -hmm, you guys don't even want to hear mine. No, I usually uh, get more information going in blind. Okay, well, look, again, you know, to each their own. Um, so, um, and Donna's Donna shenanigan in the chat saying, per Kia, 
going around was there so long have you been back to the land to see if anyone or anything lingers we haven't been yet, yet but only because um well it's been winter you know i kind of want to wait and i kind of want to wait until um there's so much going on legally right now yeah you know it's some of it's kind of you know under the ray under the under wraps right now but there's so much stuff going on that i kind of want to wait until the dust settles a little bit and then but yeah i definitely want to go you know on the property um to see if there's anything still hanging mm -hmm. around um brie jones is there any way to tag a time on this just saw something um like a ball above Shauna's head to the right side. If we're looking at here, it could just be a reflection. Um, I think on the playback, it shows the, t the time on the comments, but it, there's a window back there and other neighbors and property and the parking lot and all that stuff. So it's possible. It was just something with one of the neighbors because that has happened before. Yeah. So, um, Okay, yeah, it's at, uh, two inches above the couch. So hmm. it would have been back there somewhere, I guess. So we've caught up to the chat, amazingly enough. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess this would be a good point to wrap it up. What do you think? I'm going quite a while. Yeah. Yeah. So that we got started. Well, we ended up doing this. We got started late because we came off of YouTube to do this on Facebook. Because Facebook, the Facebook video feed just is not as good of a quality as YouTube. So work here. Um, take Frontier for that. Yeah, Frontier. So what we will do, though, is we will end up um, uploading this to YouTube so that those who missed it can catch it there. And if you missed anything, I mean, of course, you can always come back to the Facebook feed. But we'll post it up there on uh, on YouTube as well. So, all right. Well, thank you, everybody, for joining us tonight. Um, what is coming else? up? What do we have coming up? Well, we have Friday Night Ghost Rites. Um, I'm going to need to record that here. <laughs> That's <laughs> going that to be fun. That'll be interesting. Yeah, again, I'm not going to have the blue lights. I didn't. I, I, grab, I grabbed the big white ones. I didn't bring the blue ones, so it's going to be different. Um, we have the event coming up June 9th. So... Um, if you have not yet, check out our event on the Hunter Road Media page for the Hunter Road Media Paracon in Alton, Illinois at Mineral Springs Hotel. And um, so it should be a good time. We have a lot of people coming out to that. Yeah, we have a lot of speakers. We've maxed out on that. Yep. Everybody's uh, that's speaking. Um, we do have vendors. So if you would like to uh, be a vendor at the event, let us know. Um, there's also a public investigation Saturday night. So you get a chance to not only investigate with the two of us, but with other people that um, the other authors of Haunted Road Media, mm -hmm. the ones that are showing up. Yeah. And Riverbend Paranormal, who's Riverbend in, they've Paranormal. investigated there a lot. So that'd be interesting. Um, Tom's wanting to know, when is Alexa going to be updated? I know I didn't update it last <laughs> night. I was in a hospital room, yeah, <laughs> so I didn't a, get updated. He was a trooper staying in that hospital room. Yeah. It, it was not... it. Passive in hospital and everybody that worked there, you know, they treated me very well. But hospitals are just so noisy. I mean, there's no way for and my dad too. I mean, I woke him up. He'd slept had four hours, maybe three or four hours of sleep, and I woke him up uh, because of the emergency. Uh, and 
he met me there at the hospital. Um, he followed to the next hospital, and I mean, he was just there until until Mike got there, so he didn't get any sleep either. Well, and then he was called upon again in the middle of the night last then, night because your son. So, and then while I'm in the hospital, you know, my youngest um, caught some kind of stomach, you know, bug, and you know, it's it's been a it's been a rough several days here. So. Um, Donna saying, I wish I could make it for the event. Um, my coming back to AuthorCon. Um, I was originally supposed to come back to AuthorCon. And I say originally because it has been scheduled this year on the one weekend in October that is already booked. <laughs> so I'm not making it to AuthorCon this year, which is too bad. Because um, I had a good time last year. And it was great meeting you there, Donna. Um, and then it, Tiffany put on a really great event, so yeah, I was looking forward to going to that one again, but that's not happening, unfortunately. So hopefully next year they won't schedule it on that particular Saturday, <laughs> and I'll make it to the 2019, but 2018 is out for AuthorCon, unfortunately. Um, all right, I think that's it. Anything else we need to touch on? We really do appreciate all the support for, for Shauna during her, during her time, so. Yeah, I... Yeah, at least I rest. won't have to. I won't have to worry about it happening again. At least not with that part of my body. Well, so. yeah, because now it's gone completely. It's gone. So, oh, and these are the new Hunter Road Media T-shirts that Shauna has. I'm wearing the Society of the Hunter one, but she has on the Hunter Road Media T-shirt. Yep, it's brand new. Yep. So that's out of Spreadshirt.com/slash Hunter Road Media, or it's shop shop.spreadshirt.com/slash Hunter Road Media. I was gonna put the shop part in there. All right, so I guess we have to end the. Facebook feed. We'll put this up on YouTube here soon. I guess probably by some time tomorrow. Um, Enigma, Underground, Enigma Underground Radio is tomorrow night at um, EnigmaUnderground.com um, or you can just say, if you have your Alexa, Alexa, <laughs> play Enigma Underground Radio. Uh, we're, we're on TuneIn and some other places as well. So check that out tomorrow at 8 Eastern, 7 Central, and then Friday's Friday Night Coast Rides. I do have more coming up from um, just an investigation of Ohio State Reformatory. So that's a video that I was starting to work on <laughs> before coming out here. So that'll be out soon. Um, and then Maria, don't ignore the blonde. She loves you both. <laughs> Thanks, Maria. <laughs> I appreciate that. So um, Tom's shirt comes tomorrow. That's right. Tom did order one of those shirts. So that's cool. All right. Have a great night, everybody. Until next time.